0: How sweet the sun. Hallelujah, what a great God that we serve, amen? Aren't you thankful for His presence that you can feel in this place tonight? I feel His presence in here, Lord, and I'm so thankful for His presence, amen. We're going to go to the Word of the Lord, I'm going to take you to John chapter 10 tonight. This is where I felt the Lord directed me and led me, so this is where we're going to go. John chapter 10, verses 20 we'll start with verse 27. It says this, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Is anybody thankful? My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we know that your word is anointed. I pray that you would anoint your messenger now, God, and hide me under the shadow of your cross. Lord Jesus, let your word go forth and let it hit every intended target. And Lord, let us respond to your word. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, we give you praise, God, for all that you will do now and afterwards. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. You can be seated. Amen. For a little while tonight, I want to preach on this topic. Hear and obey the voice of God. Right at the beginning of this message, add a little humor in here, I'm reminded of an old golfer who was standing in front of the first tee. Anybody ever golfed before? I'm not much of a golfer. When I golf, it either goes to the water or the woods. Hallelujah. But There was an old golfer standing in front of the first tee, and it was a hazardous hole with a green that was surrounded by water. And he was wondering if he should use his brand new golf ball or not. And deciding that the hole was much too dangerous for him, he chose an old ball, I've done that before, that he could afford to lose, and he placed it on the tee. And just then, he heard a voice from above loudly say, use the new ball frightened he replaced the old ball with a new one and he approached the tee now the voice from above shouted you better take a practice swing with this the golfer totally obeyed the voice he stepped backwards took a swing man he was feeling confident so he approached the tee when the voice rang out use the old ball You'll get it later. There are many voices that are speaking in this hour. There are many voices that are speaking in this hour. And in the Apostle Paul's writings to the church in Corinth, he said in the latter part of 1 Corinthians 14 and 10 that there were so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. And even though There are many voices speaking in these last days. We read in our texts where Jesus said, My sheep know my voice. Amen? The Word of God lets us know that in the midst of the chaos, and there is chaos, that the voice of our shepherd is still recognizable in the middle of all that chaos. And when you know that you have heard the voice of God, You know that you have every resource that you need to fight every force of hell that would come against you that seems to be attacking sometimes uh, all at once, uh, even when you feel surrounded. I would remind you of the words of Isaiah chapter 59 and 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, there's going to be times when the enemy comes in like a flood. But I want to remind you, the Word of God says, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. I'm thankful for the Spirit of the Lord that lifts up that banner. I'm thankful for the Spirit of the Lord that lifts up that standard against the enemy. Even if it seems you've been bombarded by the enemy in every way, When God has spoken to you, it is imperative, when you know that, to hold on to what God has said to you, even in the middle of the battle. Amen. You can't pick a certain voice out of a crowd unless you've had time with that voice and you know that voice. You all know if you're a grandparent or, uh, well, yeah, for sure, or if you're a parent, you know Your child's voice, even in the middle of a group. When they call out in distress, you know that voice. Amen? Can I get a witness? And you get to know that voice by being around that particular person and hearing them speak. We learn from the natural. It's the same way in the spiritual. Having a close relationship with God is essential if we want to hear and know His voice. Amen? Lukewarmness. Lukewarmness and carnality and worldliness. We have to set those things aside if we're going to know his voice. Romans chapter 8 verse 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity, or the carnal mind is hostile against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It's impossible to please God on our own, by our own means. Amen? Amen? So we must not allow carnality to develop a distance between us and God and put us in a place where we struggle to recognize His voice when He speaks. We all know that God hasn't called us to be mindless robots. He says, move here, and we just trudge and do that kind of thing. He created us with the free will. And you chose tonight to be in the house of God. That's your free will. Good choice. You chose to be in God's house. We're able to make our own decisions for good or for bad. We can say we want to do the will of God, but we must conquer our human spirit first before we can ever submit ourselves to God's will. We've got to conquer our will. I know I've used this illustration before, but I felt like it fit tonight, so here it comes again. Before my wife and I were ever married, yeah, uh oh. Before my wife and ever, we ever got married, we, we saw each other six different times. And no, we didn't meet online. Hallelujah. But we spent hours of talking on the phone. She lived on the West Coast, and here I was. I went to dinner with her oftentimes on the telephone with her in Olive Garden over on the West Coast, and here I am talking back, talking with her. Amen, sitting here. But spent hours on the phone talking. And we learned a lot about each other. And I'll never forget that one of her best friends called because they were having a bridal shower. And she said, We have 40 questions that we want to ask you about yourself for this bridal shower. And out of those 40 questions, they were going to ask them to Amy and see how well we knew each other. And out of those 40 questions, she got 38 out of the 40 questions right. It wouldn't have been possible if we had not spoken. Amen. Or if one of us did all of the talking we wouldn't have known each other very much, about each other very much if we just, you know, let one just ramble on. Not that she rambles on. Hallelujah. I'll take the blame for that. I think when it comes to spiritual things sometimes we forget that we must be silent and let God speak. Our prayers cannot be one-sided But we must stop and listen to that still, small voice of God. Amen. I could pray and speak in tongues all day long. But if I never hear from God, if I never give God a chance to speak, what good is all of that? How am I going to grow in the kingdom of God if I don't take a moment and let God begin to speak back to me? If I don't take time to stop and meditate on the Word of God. If I don't let the Word of God that's preached by an anointed man of God penetrate into my soul. If I just shrug shrug off... If I shrug off God-given dreams that come to me, or maybe even an angelic visitation, if I blow off those God-given thoughts and impressions that come into my mind that line up with his word, how do I expect to grow if I'm not listening? So I just alluded to, God speaks in different ways to us, but we must be listening and willing to obey that which he says. He speaks to us through his word. We know the Bible is the final authority on any matter that it addresses. We must never accept anything as being from God if it even slightly contradicts the word of God. Amen. The psalmist said in the last part of Psalms 138 and verse 2, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God puts a lot of emphasis upon his word. What he says means a whole lot to him. He values his word and every word he has spoken or is speaking even right now again to somebody is important to God. And his sheep should know his voice. We must hear and obey the voice of God. God speaks through men and women of God. Men and women of God that you have confidence in because of their godly lives can help you know God's voice even better. Amen. God may also use them to speak directly to you. I've had times in my life where I was going through a lot of stuff, and a man or a woman of God walked up and said, hey, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. This is what's going to happen, and this is how God's going to do it. And that is exactly what happened, and that's how God did it. Amen. And you've had those things. You could testify of a moment that you were in, and the same thing happened where somebody that was anointed of God spoke some direction into your life. Sometimes God speaks directly to us. A lot of times he uses this method specifically when he's placing a call upon our lives or or trying to give us specific direction. But no matter how God speaks, never forget the importance of the timing of God. God's timing is always perfect. He always knows what we can handle and when we can handle it. That's the kind of God that loves you and takes care of you. Timing matters to God. Sometimes that direct word is to help us to prepare what's coming for what is coming in the future. And if God is talking to you about more ministry in your life, we don't have to get in a hurry and instantly act without going through the right channels that God has provided. Talk to the pastor, talk to the man of God in your life, uh, and God will confirm to him, amen, that this is God's will for you. Stay submitted to the spiritual authority that God has placed in your life, uh, no matter what you feel. It really doesn't matter what I feel. It matters what he thinks uh, and what he says uh, and what his voice is speaking. Well, I feel that I should do this. Well, your feelings might take you straight to hell. Stay in the book. Stay under authority. And have authority in God. Amen. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14 says, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Amen. You need to hear the word of God. I feel the Holy Ghost right here, right now. God speaks to us through the gifts of the Spirit. Maybe sometimes it's a word of prophecy or tongues and interpretation. However, He speaks. Amen. When He speaks, we know it's truly of God when it lines up with the Word of God. There's never going to be a contradiction. No matter who's saying it, there's never going to be a contradiction with the Word of God. I thinking of my precious grammar right now. And I think of the story that we've heard many times of her sitting in the church. And you've heard her give messages in tongues many times right here. And I think of the story that's been told so many times where she was in a church building and there was a guy that was from the Middle East and that she gave a message in tongues. And there was no interpretation needed because she spoke in perfect Arabic to this man. And nobody to this day that I know of knows what she said. But that man knew what she said because he, he said, nobody's fooling me. That, that lady, she knows Arabic. God speaks in different ways and when He speaks we need to listen. God speaks through dreams and visions. We see in multiple stories in the Bible how God spoke in all these ways and He still does it even today. However, it is a must for you to be absolutely sure that God is speaking and it wasn't just something else that you caused you to be that way. Maybe you, you went to bed that night and it was late at night and you had some spicy food And it caused you to have a crazy dream. You need to make sure it lines up with the word of God and that God was speaking. Again, check it out to the proper channels that God has placed uh, in your life. Uh, Amen. And if the godly authority in your life does not see it as a word from God for you at that moment, uh, then submit yourselves uh, and put your dream on the shelf. Because if it's of God... You better hear me. It will happen without you making it happen. It's going to happen without you forcing the door open. God's word will come to pass in your life. God will open the right door. I know you've heard pastors say it, and I'm going to say it too as well because it's happened in my life. I've often prayed, God, open the doors that you want open and shut the doors that you want shut. And that has saved me in my life so many, many times. Amen. You got to listen when God speaks sometimes God will speak through angels God can and does still today send angels but so can the devil they're called demons know who's speaking it's important to be absolutely sure of who is speaking into your life and if you have a deep desire to see an angel but no corresponding deep desire to obey the plain commands of God's Word you're already in trouble. Amen. God also speaks through inner impression, but don't kid yourself. Certainly not all of our impressions are from God. (laughs) Most of our impressions probably are from external things that we have witnessed or things that are from our own mind. So we need to make sure We must become sensitive in order to distinguish God's prompting, when God is prompting us and when it is us. Compare your impressions to the Word of God. Godly counsel is important. We need to make sure it's the right voice speaking. As we read in the Word of God, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There's quite a contrast between the shepherd's voice and the enemy of your soul's voice. There's a huge contrast. The question is not whether as a child of God that you obey him. But the question that rises up inside of us is how do we know whether it's God's voice uh, speaking to us uh, or another voice uh, that's trying to get into our head uh, and make us hear that? Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of help tonight because God's voice brings a calm and stillness to your spirit. You can be certain of that. God's voice will always bring a calmness to your spirit and a stillness to your spirit. But Satan's voice will make you feel rushed and brings a hurriedness in your spirit. That's the difference. God's voice will lead and guide you through the open door that's before you. But it's Satan's voice uh, that pushes you uh, and causes you to feel like you have to find a way to make the door open. I've been there in my life before. God's voice is full of faith and reassurance in our lives. But it's Satan's voice uh, that brings doubt uh, and fear into our lives. It's God's voice uh, that enlightens uh, and illuminates. uh, But it's Satan's voice that brings confusion into our minds and uncertainty into our minds. It's God's voice that brings encouragement. And it's Satan's voice that brings in discouragement to our lives. It's God's voice that brings comfort. And it's Satan's voice that brings anxiety and worry. Are you with me? It's God's voice that convicts you. And you want to do better. But it's Satan's voice that condemns you and makes you feel pushed down and no good. You can see how important it is to know and hear the shepherd's voice. The last part of John chapter 10 and 28, which we read as part of our text, lets us know that those who hear the voice of God and follow the voice of God can never be plucked out of the hand of the great shepherd, Christ Jesus. It's impossible. After you hear his voice, it's very important that you take the right action. Those that listen and obey will never be plucked out of the hand of the Father. Come on, the enemy knows that his time is short. He knows his time is running out. And he's on a mission to pluck you out of the hand of the Father. That's what his mission is. It's more important than ever for us to know the voice of God. And to hear it with clarity, and that it would not be muddled, but we would hear His voice uh, very clearly in our minds. We must listen to the voice of God. Listening is so important, but obeying the voice of God is equally as important. Especially in the delay or the waiting period. We know there's a set time for His promise to come to pass. Right? That's the way it happens. And we cannot afford to let the voice of Satan talk us out of our miracle and the promises that God has already spoken into our lives. What God has spoken, we can trust that he will bring it to pass. It may be a promise that he gave you from his word. It might be something spoken from this pulpit. It might be a promise God spoke to you in prayer. I don't know where the promise came from. But one thing that I've learned in my life, uh, is you can always trust uh, what God says. If God said it, it's going to come to pass. He doesn't lie. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return Unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. The Word of God is powerful. What God intended for His Word to do, His Word will do, but you've got to allow it to do it in your life. The Word of Jesus, Matthew 24 and 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall not pass away. If God gave you a word, it's going to come to pass. In my own life, I found it to be true. And I know I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again because I felt to tonight. In my own life, I found it to be the first voice. That's God's voice speaking into my life. When I'm praying in that voice and I'm in that sincere spot and God begins to speak, and it's the second voice that comes along and conflicts with the first voice. The second voice always tries to rob you of the promises of God. It tries to rob you of the miraculous. Have you ever felt prompted by God to do something and then that voice begins to speak into your ear and the what-ifs and what-could-happens begin to go in your ear and later on you find out what God was prompting you to do was the right thing and you should have done that and you wished you had but you didn't. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. I'll be honest with you. I've been there. Or maybe you woke up in the middle of the night and you had somebody on your mind and God impressed for you to pray for somebody. Or a specific need came into your mind when you woke up at night or the early hours of the morning. And then that second voice begins to speak and tell you, hey, you got to go to work tomorrow. You can pray in a little bit. You got time. Am I making sense? It's always that second voice that robs us of the miraculous and the promise of God. We see in the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. God spoke first to them. He gave it very clearly what should happen. But then we read in Genesis chapter 3, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You know that story. We can see from the very story of Adam and Eve in Genesis that it's also very important to obey God's voice of instruction. And if God has used His Word, or a man or woman of God to give instruction, you better obey the voice of God. Because when we begin to rationalize and debate the worth and the value of the Word of God, sudden destruction cometh. There's danger ahead in those times. Obey the voice of God. John 10 and 5, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. If a voice is different from God's voice that you are accustomed to following, you know what the voice of God Flee from it. Don't entertain it, but flee from it. Amen. You all right? Good. There's a strange story recorded in 1 Kings chapter 13 that's a great reminder of the reasons why we should obey the voice of God. And I'm going to read some of it in the NIV. It says, put it up there. By the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel, as Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering. And by the word of the Lord, he cried out against the altar, 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 this is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who make offerings here, and human bones will be burned on you. Verse 3, In that same day, the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart, and the ashes will be poured out. And when King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Seize him! But the hand he stretched out toward the man shriveled back, so that he could not pull it back. He shriveled up. Verse five, And also the altar was split apart, and its ashes poured out according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. I'm just reading through this story. Then the king said to the man of God, intercede with the Lord your God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord, and the king's hand was was restored. And became as it was before. The king said to the man of God, come home with me for a meal and I will give you a gift. But the man of God answered the king, even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water here. So it's apparent by his response that he knew what the voice of God had said to him but obeying the voice of God was a different story. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, he said. We know it. He said, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. He knew what God had said. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. And Now there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. And they also told their father what he had said to the king. And their father asked them, which way did he go? And his sons showed him where he went, which road the man of God from Judah had taken. So his sons saddled the donkey, and they went out. He mounted the donkey and rode after the man of God. And he found him sitting under an oak tree. You know the story. He asked him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? He said, I am. So the prophet said to him, come, come home with me and eat with me. The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. He knew what God had said. He said, I have been told by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water there or return by the way that you came. Again, it's very evident, this young man, of God, knew what God had said unto him. He had heard the voice of God. He knew what God had said. And the old prophet answered and said, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to him. That second voice is always the lying voice that's trying to take you out. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. And while they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. And he cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah, This is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back and ate bread and drank water in the place where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body, will not be, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your ancestors. And when the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back saddled his donkey for him. And as he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was left lying on the road with both the donkey and the donkey. And a lion standing beside it. That's a pretty strange story. But it's a powerful story if we'll listen to what it's telling us. Unrepentant and disobedience to God's voice. An unrepentant heart and disobedience to God's voice will always lead to destruction. It will always lead us to destruction. That young prophet, he heard his voice. Young prophet, you knew his voice. If only you had trusted the voice of God. You better, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. I don't know why God gave me this message like this, but he did. Young person, middle-aged person, senior, hear the word of the Lord. The devil wants to rob you of every gifting that God has given you. And the devil is also a student of the word of God. He knows the word of God. He knows, it says, for the gifts and callings of God are without repentance in Romans chapter 11. He knows that, so he will do everything and anything he can to destroy you and keep you from your calling. But God says in Psalms 89 and verse 34, my covenant will I not break. He said, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. The devil knows how important God's word is, and he knows the consequences of not trusting and obeying God's word, so he tries to twist it and get us out of timing and get us out of sync because he knows God always does what he says, whether it be promise or in judgment. So we have to learn to trust and obey the voice of God and know that he is leading us and guiding us and directing us. So tonight I ask you, what has God been speaking into your heart about moving forward in your walk with God? Will you respond with obedience tonight to what what God is telling you? What has God been speaking to you? I know that God's been speaking to somebody, or I wouldn't be preaching this message right now. Limitations chapter 3. I love this portion of Scripture, and I read it often. This I recall to mind; Therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't even matter what you did an hour ago. If you'll come and you'll ask God, maybe there's been some challenges right now of you listening and hearing the voice of God, but if you'll submit your life to God all over again, you'll submit your will to His will, and you'll Lay it at the feet of the Master. There is something miraculous that God would do for you. you. Better hear me that God would do for you this night. If you say, God, I'm repenting and I'm repenting of my will, and God, here I am. I'm laying it at your feet. Forgive me for not trusting you, Jesus. I feel the Lord so strong in this place right now. It's so of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Right now, this very moment. There are fresh mercies from God that you can tap into. Feel the Holy Ghost so strong here. There are new mercies that you can tap into in this place tonight. We don't always get it right, but He's a faithful God, and He loves us. And even when we stumble and fall, though we do, we can get back up, and He's a loving Father that picks us up and dusts us off and helps us back down the road that He's called us on. But we must trust Him and obey His voice. Maybe tonight there's somebody that you've been looking for a fresh start in your life. Jesus will give it to you tonight in this place. Maybe you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus. That's a fresh start. Romans chapter 6 tells us, know you not that as so many have been baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father Even so, we should walk in newness of life. Somebody looking for newness of life, uh, you can get a fresh start in the waters of baptism where God will make you new all over again. Amen. When you obey Acts chapter 238, they repeated tonight, they quoted. God will do something miraculous in your life. That's how you obey the gospel. When you repent, you're baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God wants to do that in somebody's life tonight. I don't know what you came expecting, but I know what God is saying. He's saying, hear and obey my voice. What has God been speaking into your ear? What has God been speaking to you? His name is above every other name. His word is even exalted above his name, Scripture says. What has God been speaking? I hear the Lord speaking right now. And I know he's speaking into some people's minds right now, again, reminding you of things and promises that he's spoken. They will come to pass, but you must trust the timing of God. You must trust, uh, amen, the will of God and the plan of God and know that he's working all things out for your good. Amen. Well, Anybody hearing what I'm saying tonight? What God is saying tonight? God is telling you if you will just listen and obey, it's going to come to pass. Amen. I'm hearing your voice, God. I'm not going to stop knocking for my prodigal. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to lay that down. God, I'm going to keep praying because Lord, I know I hear your voice uh, that's telling me to stand in the gap uh, and be a restorer of the gap. Uh, And so God, I'll keep knocking. I'll keep praying. I don't know what God's speaking to you, but God is speaking to every one of us something. Amen. This is not a condemning message, uh, but it's to remind us uh, that the voice of God is speaking. uh, And when he speaks, uh, he expects us to listen. uh, He expects us to obey. And if we will do our part, the miraculous will take place. Uh, If we will do our part, the promises of God will take place and our sons and our daughters shall prophesy and great outpouring and great revival will take place when we do our part, when we hear the voice of God and not just hear it but obey it. Is there anybody tonight that would respond to the word of God? I didn't have out any planned altar call tonight, but I hear the voice of God, and I believe what's supposed to happen is somebody right now, God is speaking into your ear, and you can hear the voice of God speaking into your ear right now, and whatever God is telling you to do, you need to respond and obey the voice of God. Maybe it's submitting your will to God's will all over again. Maybe it's asking God to forgive you for mistrust in his promises. Maybe it's asking God, amen, for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen, upon a loved one. I don't know what it is that you've given up on a little bit. Uh, amen. But right now it's time for whatever God is speaking into your heart, uh, into your mind, for you to respond and say, God, I hear your voice clearly, and I'm not giving up. Uh, I'm waiting on you. Uh, I'm not going back. Uh, I'm not turning around. But God, I am listening and obeying until I see every promise that you've given me come to pass. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I know there's some more people that God's talking to right now. I know there's some more people God's talking to. This is not a condemning message. It's a message to remind us to hear and to obey. And right now I know there's some others that God has been speaking to you. God showed me a couple other people, amen, that he's been speaking to. And God's just waiting for you to respond and say, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. I'm obeying your voice. I'm obeying your voice. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Come on, right now, as you repent, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to sweep across this place. God's Spirit is going to sweep to this place. If you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He wants every person in this building to walk out of here filled with the power of the Spirit. And it's simple. After you've repented and asked God to forgive you of your sins, I want you to, we've already done that a minute ago, And if you did that, I want you to lift your hands wherever you are right now. And there's going to be a presence of God that comes upon you. God's going to confirm his word in the name of Jesus all over this place. uh, Lift your hands toward heaven. Come on, lift your hands towards heaven. God is going to confirm his word in the name of Jesus. Lord, we know that you're mighty and powerful. And we ask you now to confirm your word in your mighty name, the mighty name of Jesus. We speak these things now in Jesus' name. Let the Holy Ghost descend down upon us in a great way. Let the power of your spirit descend down upon us in a great way. Bring healing into bodies even now, God, confirming your word in a great way. In the name of Jesus, in the name of jesus i pray god for every surrendered heart oh god that they need a miracle i'm praying now in jesus name that you do miracles in their bodies and in their spirits now in the name of jesus in jesus name that you give them a sign and confirm your word in their bodies and in their spirits i pray in the mighty name of jesus